So you're about to listen to a podcast that I have thought about making for some time, one that I've researched for a long time, one that admittedly kind of affects me, which I will touch on in the episode. But I want to talk about gun violence in the United States and how technology plays a part in the radicalization of individuals that commit these acts. Now, I'm not saying that technology is 100% at fault because I have access to the same internet that you have access to and the same internet that clowns that roll around on 4chan and 8chan and write their little manifestos because they're cowards and they're afraid of, oh, inclusion. And they're afraid of, oh, you know, other races having a population and being so afraid of their population dwindling when it's not in a country that people claim is theirs, which was taken from natives that were here before them. But this isn't a history podcast. This is a tech podcast. And we're going to focus on social media supremacy and violence. So let's break down some stuff, especially surrounding the Buffalo, New York shooting, and talk about this clown who I will not mention by name, but we will talk about the incident. So this might not be a podcast for younger listeners, but there will not be any outlandish takes or anything like that. Just a simple reflection and things that I hope people on the tech side can do to prevent some of this nonsense from potentially happening. That's not saying that there's going to be a one size fits all kind of a problem solving thing here. But let's just break down the problem and see what can actually be done. Welcome to In the Weeds with Dexter Johnson. This is a tech podcast all about you, the listener. My aim is to educate, inform, and most importantly, empower you with the tools that you need to face this ever-changing world of technology. So let's get into it, shall we? So let's get right into this. Um, (laughs) Part of me doesn't even know where to begin, but let's just start off with the facts. It seems like every other day we're hearing something about a shooting that's of multiple individuals. And just for the record, statistics are being tracked and that any time a shooting occurs where there is more than four individuals that have been shot involved it is considered quote unquote a mass shooting whether you want to agree or disagree with that you can also disagree with the sky being blue but it's blue so this is how it is defined so it seems like we're almost hearing about mass shootings every other day and the thing is the thing that we're trying to figure out everybody's trying to figure out except for certain individuals that hold certain positions in our government The thing that we're all trying to figure out is why does this continue to happen? But this really came into scrutiny after 
this mass shooting an act of terrorism because that's what it was in a Buffalo, New York supermarket. So there was a piece of trash clown who was 18 years old. He shot and killed at least 10 people walking in wearing technical gear, tactical gear with a helmet and a camera of which he streamed this shooting to Twitch, which is a streaming service. It's not a service, but it's kind of like a streaming site similar to YouTube. You can follow people. So like you can watch people play like Magic the Gathering, Call of Duty, Fortnite, all of the popular games, all the streamers that stream themselves all day playing video games. That's where they are. He streamed himself committing these violent acts against these individuals in this grocery store. Mind you, he cased the joint. So therefore, he went there on a previous day and spoke with an individual. And, you know, this might make some of the little YouTube people, the gun rights people on YouTube upset. But when you have a guy that gets access to all of these guns. And then here's the thing. He's 18 years old. He's 18 years old that had all of this artillery. And the another looming question is how did, how did this man afford all of this stuff? Like an individual online actually totaled up, totaled up ammunition and firearm prices for what he had. And they were, it was reported almost $10,000. So if you're 18, I didn't have that kind of discretionary income when I was 18 years old to buy tons of guns and ammo. So where did he even get all of this money from and who bought this stuff for him? That's something that will hopefully be determined throughout the trial. But this crime has been labeled as a racially motivated hate crime, rightfully so, because, you know, he he did have a what, what was that thing called where he like wrote about it and wrote about, you know, the white race dying out. And, you know, oh, he wrote a manifesto. Yes, he wrote a manifesto that was available online and was sharing that in his what his discord. Oh, Add another name to the list. So we have Twitch, we have Discord, and he also noted that he became he became radicalized through the use of 4chan. And 4chan, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of 4chan and 8chan, but they're these kind of meme sites. They're definitely the on the dark side of the internet. They're not the dark web, but they're on the dark side of the internet where trolls and memers kind of hang out it's always interesting things on 4chan and 8chan and they're a dumpster fire i don't see how the websites are still kind of going to be completely honest but my question is why did this happen because we have to stop saying that all of these people that are committing hate crimes, especially against black and brown communities, because they're fearful of everything. We have to stop saying that it is always, oh, well, Dexter, they have mental issues. Everyone is struggling with something. So here's the thing. If a black or brown person did this, we wouldn't consider mental issues. 
I know we wouldn't because African Americans get mowed down for much less. Okay. So one of the interesting things that I found out just, just from watching, just, just from me personally watching handgun related content from time and time on YouTube, sometimes you get to see the ball rolling down a bad path. And you're like, is this a dark pattern? Well, it's not necessarily a dark pattern because that's defined as something that keeps you on a website maliciously. And so, okay, Dexter, so if this is not a dark pattern, then what is it? Is this a problem with the algorithm? I'm going to say yes, it is a problem with the algorithm because these algorithms keep feeding you suggested content and it seemingly gets worse and worse and worse. So when we're talking about suggested content, then what are we talking about there? We're talking about the likes of YouTube and the likes of TikTok. Now, TikTok's algorithm seems to be, meh, it seems to be okay. But YouTube, on the other hand, that's the one that I'm talking about. Because it seems that you can get started watching a video and then it gets, it keeps going to the right and going here and going on fear and going there. And you wonder and you sit back and you really have to catch yourself before things get out of hand. So this 100 page manifesto, it was aimed at white supremacy and he planned his actions Within this tops market, he targeted this and it became the location that he wanted to hit. Why? Because the Jefferson Everson Avenue location had the highest percentage of black people close to where he lived. That's the reason, people. So, so let's define a terrorist attack, shall we? Now, a surprise attack involving the deliberate use of violence against civilians in the hope of attaining political or religious aims. So let's break really quick. Let, let's talk about something that I think is pretty important. And I quote, a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed, end quote. I just read the Second Amendment, people. And being someone who believes in the Second Amendment, I hope that that illusion um, is enough for you. That's giving you some insight that you might not know about me. Um, I think a lot of times we forget about the well-regulated peace we cannot survive in a society you know that thing where we have to kind of live together in some sort of harmony you know we can't survive without rules and we cannot survive without regulations and to all the other people that believe in the second amendment well the people that believe in it to a fault the ones that are afraid of everything afraid of their own shadow and think that someone's out to get them when they're not really that important and haven't even ever been through anything in their lives to be afraid of let's talk about you a well regulated militia if we set down the framers of the constitution 
How do you think they would feel about AR-15s? Like, (laughs) when we talk about the Constitution, individuals were carrying muskets, people. Like, let's not forget the facts and let's not talk about period correct firearms. They sucked. They were not these semi-automatic, fantastic looking Smith and Wesson M&P Shield in point twos. They weren't these fantastic 1911s that we have nowadays. They weren't these fantastic Rugers. They weren't these fantastic, you know, Taurus G3Cs. They weren't all of these. They were not all of those. But they were really crappy muskets. So if the framers just just picture picture it for a moment. If the framers saw civilians with AR-15s, I think that they would be a little upset. They would be fearful. Because it's honestly just a little too much. And when you have seemingly nothing that is preventing individuals from seeing things. Now now we're, we're pivoting to a technological standpoint. It seems that we get more and more people being radicalized by groups and things that they see online. And I feel like when is enough enough? Why did this man have to stream something on Twitch? And why wasn't something like this flagged? We have image lookup systems. We have so many things that can detect certain things. We, we have child pornography detection when it comes to our pictures that are being uploaded to the cloud. So why can't we have some type of detection on a video that's being streamed that will shut down that stream? Why can't we have that? Why can't 4chan be a little bit more monitored by 4chan and not let it get being a complete and utter cesspool. While content moderation has gotten better in terms of the comment section on YouTube, why can't the algorithm be tweaked? Why can't individuals actually, you know, people that work for YouTube, why can't they actually run this test on themselves? Because here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're making recommendations, let, let's let's peel the onion back a little bit because I can do this. Like we're entering my realm here when we're querying certain things and we're coming up with a record set. And I'm and I'm saying, hey, give me this video, but then give me suggestions based off of their history. I can look at their history. I can pull out keywords and I can say, give me something with a lot of likes, with a lot of clicks. Why can't I take a look at this list preemptively and modify it so that it is not sending them down a dark hole? Because I can see the list, right? I can see the list because I'm making the list. So since I'm seeing it and since I'm making it, I can modify it. But I choose not to because there's quote unquote, not a problem. And then we have to think about just all of these other quote unquote community websites online 
that allow communities with nefarious means and nefarious just teachings to stay online for so long. I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. And when you actually use these platforms to plan, something has to step in. Now, I know that we have to think about privacy and security, but there have to be monitors in place. And people, if you're in a chat, if you're part of a Discord server and you see an individual that is planning a shooting, how about you report that individual? You know, how how about you report that individual? But no, we just let things go. We just let things go. Things get published online like the great replacement theory because we let things go. Discord, they've even been open They've been open about extremism on the platform. Quote, in a transparency report reflecting only the second half of 2020 shared by the chatting social media network, Discord noted that it removed 1,500 private servers related to, quote, violent extremism, which at the time it stated was a 93% increase from the first half of the year. So that means that it's getting worse. And it also means that... To kind of give a thumbs up a little bit to Silicon Valley, that means that they're recognizing that it is a problem. Because what we're seeing is that extremists online, there, there's always going to be extremists online. But what we're seeing is that individuals, they, they hop from platform to platform getting banned. <laughs> and you know what? They need to keep getting banned. Because this is absolutely ridiculous. Because the tech is so smart to keep people hooked. It should also be so smart to not get people radicalized. All right, guys. So there you have it. There you have a very tough podcast that I didn't want to make. I didn't want to make a I didn't want to make something about a mass shooting, but I do feel like its implications span a lot of areas and technology is where we see a lot of failures. And what I'd like to see personally is more anti-hate algorithms. And that these companies become more strict on extremist groups online. And then lastly, I want to see companies such as Facebook, Reddit, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Google, all of them put the same efforts in stopping individuals from getting radicalized. Put put that same effort towards that that they do creating new products and the same effort that they would at enticing new users and keeping people on their platforms. Put all of that effort and all of those resources. I know that you have the budgets. 
So put some effort towards making sure that individuals don't get radicalized. Put some effort in making sure that the algorithms are not steering young individuals down a treacherous path. Put some effort towards that. And last but not least, if you don't feel like we have a gun problem, that's a slippery slope. I feel like we do have a problem because individuals feel the need to, instead of solving disagreements, instead of learning more about other races and other creeds, they want to pull out a gun. That's a problem. The fact that we have so many of them floating around, that's a problem. The fact that so many people are afraid of people that don't look like them, that's a problem. Is it necessarily a gun problem? I'm not exactly sure because some people want to point a finger at the thing that's causing the issue. But then we haven't always had mass shootings in the United States. This is some this is a relatively new phenomenon within the past, say, what, 30 years. But at the rate that we're having them, it's getting absolutely insane. And the fact that individuals like you or I, if you're over the age of 18 or 21, you can go buy an AR-15 and it's basically the same as the military issued fully automatic that is fired in in kind of semi-automatic mode like a traditional AR. And no, AR does not stand for assault rifle. It stands for Armalite. That's the company that originally made the design. But we will see where all of this goes. There certainly needs to be more regulation in the United States. And I certainly feel like that can help. But that is not the only thing that will put an end to this. We also need to see our friends in Silicon Valley step up and try to try to squash out the means by which an individual can become radicalized. And I think they can do that by getting more test groups involved and seeing just what happens when people, oh, you know, follow the algorithm guys until next time this was a long one i kind of jumped all over the place it's been something that i took lots of notes on something that i've thought about for quite a long time you've learned a few of my political leanings on certain topics and maybe you didn't but until next time i'll holler at you Thank you for listening to another episode of In the Weeds with Dexter Johnson. I'm hoping you're coming away more empowered, educated, and enthralled in the technological world. Be sure to tell a friend, share this episode, and follow me on Twitter at Dexter underscore Johnson. And most importantly, stay tuned for future episodes. Until next time.